Can you imagine what would happen if we as a church embraced that idea where it wasn't just fathom and it wasn't just celebration or it wasn't just South Point and that's all I can think of right now in Jacksonville where we realize that we are the body of Christ and that what we do in here is just as important as what happens across the world somewhere else. And um, the next impressive fact to me was as the athletes came in, there was one that was chosen to carry a flag. And I'm not sure if that was an introvert or if that was a type A personality. And that, ha- that holds some weight here, okay, guys? Because a lot of times in teams, we choose an alpha dog, right? We're like, that's my leader because he's whatever. And so they, none of that was done in this. There was just one person waving this flag and they would look up at it and they, tears running down their face and they were waving. They were so emotional over this. And then right behind them, all around them was a team. They weren't alone. They did, none of them walked in alone. There was not one lone athlete waving a flag. They had a team with them surrounding them. And behind the team was, I'm, I'm going to just go out on a limb here, maybe parents, but definitely coaches. And they, they had their back. And they just walked around that ring and then filed up into their seats and their job was done. And so that was not anything that I had prepared for long before now, but I watched that and I was like, guys, that's just setting us up for something greater. If, if our goal is to come to church and work as a team and go out into the city and work as a team, if we could just maybe grasp a couple of the concepts that they, that they worked on for two and a half years, I think since the last Olympic, Winter Olympics, we could do really great things as a team. So um, the bobsled, back to the bobsled, guys. It's a really, probably the most interesting one to me out of all of the sports that they are going to and have been competing in because it's not just one person on, an, on ice skates or it's not one person doing one thing. It's, a, it's teamwork. So in the bobsled, we have a driver, a couple crewmen, and a brake man. And um, they all have really important jobs, but their biggest job is to work together as one to win the race, okay? And then the luge, well, that's just terrifying. And this crazy person gets on this slab and he like pushes with his arms or she, whoever is crazy enough to do it. And then they just like lay back and just go. They just, their foot first, like nothing is protecting them. Okay, like these people before are really smart with the bobsled. They have a steel enforced case around them. And then it's covered in fiberglass, and then they put the driver first, and the crewman, and another crewman. The brake man's the smartest because he's in the back, I think. Maybe he flies out first. I don't know. But they work as a team, okay? And um, as I was comparing the differences, I was like, I know what team I want to be on. Don't worry. I'm not trying out for the Olympics at any time in the near future or ever, but I will not be that guy. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, in the Olympics and right here, right now, I won't be that guy because... As I've learned since, you know, taking the position that I've taken in the church, like, I can't do this alone. I can go teach Sunday school, but I can't, I can't make sure that everything happens around me, right? Like, I'm one person. And so as I was digging through this, I, I really started to break down, like, in my mind, what are the most important things to me in training? And I used a little bit of what they do. So in the training room, before they ever get into that sled, they practice and practice practice and I my thought process was these guys have to be really heavy because they have to like get some momentum to go down this very icy slope right and as it turns out that is like the worst thing in the world for them 
There is a max limit to that sled in order for it to actually be able to compete in the race. And so that means they all have to like weigh out and then the sled has a weight. And um, I also thought these guys have to be jacked. And these girls, like I kind of, I mean, I'm jealous a little bit, but I'm not willing to do the work. Like they stand there and they are proud. They are like so proud of the work that they've done. They're really strong. But they don't have beach bodies, okay? Now bear with me for a second here. I'm quoting what the guy said when I say a beach body. He was interviewed, and this is the concept. We're like, well, they have to be like, they must have muscles, and they must have really strong arms, and it's not. The thing that pushes that sled happens behind scenes and actually behind them, and no one sees it. So I don't spend a lot of time in the gym, but there are these things called clean and jerk, I guess, where they like have to stand, and I'm not, I'll spare you. They have to stand, and they have to squat, and then they have to lift this like stupid amount of weight above them. And, and the goal is that every one of the men on that sled can, can double their weight, so they can lift double them or more. Um, and what I learned about the exercises and the squats that they do is that it's, it's not important that the upper body of their, their, their team is strong. It's what's behind them. And so this one really got me because I'm like thinking about the team walking in and the people that are behind them. And, and so they have to work out their legs. Their legs have to be really strong. So when the, they are getting ready to go and push off for this race, that they have enough strength to get the momentum that they need to go down the sleigh or go down the slope. And so the luge guy, he just gets in there and paddles off and slides because he's little and I guess light. But anyway, the... They're not looking for ex external attention, I guess. Um, no one sees what they have, because what they have is like hidden in the back of their legs, and, and it's hidden where people can't see them. And it reminded me of a reference in Matthew where, where the, Jesus warned people, don't do this for attention. Don't be like the Pharisees, because what's going to happen is you, they're going to lead you. Don't follow them. They're going to lead you down the wrong path. And I got to really contemplating that and, and kind of soul-searching and, and asking myself and God, like, God, I don't want anything in my heart that ever makes me work really hard for something because I want someone to be like, good job, Jessica. Like, I'm not looking for that. And I don't think anyone in this room is looking for that because we don't look at that team after they go down and, and win and we're like, good job, break man. <laughs> you drove really well, driver. No, like, we look at the team and we're, we... We celebrate what the team did, not just one person. And so just a warning to myself as I read that was like, okay, I don't want to have a beach body. I'm just not worried about that. I want the type of, of training that happens behind closed doors that God uses me from the inside out and that I have enough strength to stand up behind somebody and push them where they need to go. Um, and I actually kind of watched that this morning as... Um, we were late starting church and I just watched people kind of like grab other people and bring them in and I watched the worship team this morning struggle through trying to figure things out and I'm like we have a, we have a lot of bobsleigh people not very, I don't think we have any loose guys if you do I'm not going to make you raise your hand um, but they they work as a team and um, so no beach bodies pure strength that pushes what they're, what they're doing and I also got to processing through the idea of what it looks like to have that strength for them. 
they cannot just practice in the fall. Like our son likes to, to go run around the block right before soccer starts because he needs to build up some stamina to go out on the soccer field, right? Like he needs to be able to breathe when he's running. And, and that's not what they do. The Olympics are so far apart and through all of this space. And so for them, it's winter and, and it's spring and it's summer and it's fall and they work season in and season out for something that is so far removed from where they are right now. And um, I think about the seasons of my life where, where my concern might have been just like truly focused on like where I was or what was coming later, but I wasn't preparing for it the right way. And um, as I dug into God's word over this, I, I was amazed that I don't have... I know this, okay, guys, I know this, but we don't have to be prepared for everything in every season, and this is why. Okay, so in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, I'm going to read you some scripture here to pull my thoughts together. As he's teaching, he says, now there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another performing of miracles, and to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. In verse 12, for just as the body is one and has many parts, all the parts of that body, though many, are one body. And as you read down, he repeats it in verse 14. He's like, indeed, the body is not one part, but many. And God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And that to me was like, for the first time probably in my whole entire life, I was able to just kind of like do what I tell my kids to do, in through your nose and out. And I'm like, God, I've been carrying this weight for years where I thought I needed to attain some level of professionalism or I needed to be a really excellent mother or the best wife that my husband could need, but based off of what I had seen someone else accomplish. And um, as I read through these verses it just, God was just soaking it deep into my spirit that I don't need to do all these things. Yes, I do. I need to hit the training room and I need to work hard. I need to make sure that my spirit is right and I need to make sure that my muscles are ready so when the time comes for me to run or the time comes for me to shove someone off, I'm prepared. Um, but I don't have to carry the weight. We just don't have to carry this around. We have people beside us and people behind us to, to push us along when the time is right. Um, As, as the church as a whole operates, and I think a lot, as I look around the room, I know a lot of us work, serve on separate teams. And the training that one of us may have, like Matt on the drums, he can play the drums and he can play anything else and he can sing. I can't do any of those things. But I can do a lot of other things, like a lot of other God gifts. And so that's one thing that I need you to hear today is 
as you pursue what God has called you to, don't be afraid to train in other areas, okay? Because I promise you when the time is right, God is going to narrow your focus down, and he's going to say, this is what I need you to do. And all of these things that are behind us, they're, they're now pushing us forward into what God has called us to and what this, this God dream is that we're pursuing. Um, okay, so they load onto this sleigh. It takes five seconds for them to get running and into the sleigh. And I think about different, I'm a processor, so I process through things, how long it takes for this and how long it takes for that. And um, for them, it takes five seconds. They have five seconds to get it right. They've trained for two and a half years, and if they mess up right there, it's, they might not make it to the bottom. And I was really disappointed in that because I'm like, they've trained for two and a half years, and they're going to get to the bottom. I mean, they're going to get to the moment, and they're not going to load right. What's going to happen? And um, the word trust just kept coming back. Not me trusting the, the bobsled guys, but trusting the process of what God has taken me through. And for you to trust the process of what God is leading you through, it might not be pretty. Um, but what I do know about the seasons is I can, I can look back at different seasons in my life and I can put my finger directly on what has, God has done. I'm getting hopefully a little bit better at, at being in tune with what God is doing in seasons, but he is faithful. He is faithful in the seasons, even if we're missing it. And when you look back, you can, you can literally say, that was God. And God led me to this point for this reason. And um, there, is a verse in Isaiah that we like to use at the beginning of, of like a new year as we're setting resolutions, which I kind of hate that word. Um, and I choose goals because I can actually try to reach those better and I don't give up as easy. Um, but in Isaiah 43, verse 19, he says, look. You're gonna have to open your eyes to see it. But look, I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. And then he asks a question, do you see it? And so I'm kind of asking you that today. Like, you've been putting in all this hard work. Maybe we could hard, work harder and maybe we could change our focus and ask God, what, what do you want me to be doing? And really pay attention to that. But do you see what God is doing in your life? Are you taking the time to go into your quiet place and ask him, like, what are you doing here? Like, I can't understand. I can't understand what is going on. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of something that happened with me recently. Um, I love all things balance. It makes me happy until I read a book that told me balance is a myth. And I was devastated because I was like, but I've lived my whole life with balance. I've balanced this and I've balanced that. And um, what I'm learning is I don't really have that much balance. I have routines. I have schedules and I have a planner that keeps me on task. I have to-do lists. And um, so this year I've been working on really narrowing down like what is important, what is God calling me to, and evaluating these things out. And I thought I was doing a really great job until I hit a wall and knew that when I ran into that wall that I wasn't really balancing as well as I thought I was. And um, so then I 
did what we all do, and I'm like, well, I lost balance, and I don't know where to start over again, and I'm, you know, possibly not being kind to people around me, and that, that devastated me because I never want to hurt the people that are closest to me, and I never want to make a decision that impacts someone else negatively or for them to look at me and be like, well, Jessica, this, and not because of me, but because God is doing something greater than me, and I don't ever want to get in the way of him. Um, so as I was struggling to fight for myself and riding down the slippery slope on the luge, completely alone, blind to what's happening in front of me because I'm foot first heading down the slope. God just settled into my spirit. Well, Jessica, no one asked you to be the driver. No one appointed me the driver of that bobsled. He didn't create me. Yes, he created me for a purpose and you, but he didn't create us all to drive. That's his job. So as we load into this thing, this team, this church, this body, and we go about our individual jobs, remember who's in the driver's seat. Remember that when you jump in, it is not your job. You're the, I'm the brake man. I have designated myself the brake man, and I don't know why. I'm the last one in, and I think this is why, because I like being first. I like being in control. That the season that I'm in, God is telling me, Jessica, you're not in control. You can try to control it as much as you want, but you're a one man team sliding down a slippery slope, and I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do without you because it's coming. And either you're gonna get on board, or I'm gonna use someone else. And I want to be used. I don't know about anybody else, but I want to be used. I want God to look at me and be like, I want to use her. Like, I want that for me. And I, one last observation for me is that I realized in my unbalance and disarray that I hadn't lost balance because balance is not a thing. I had lost focus. It wasn't my job to be in the front of the sled looking where I'm going because I don't know how to do that job. I know what God has called me to, but I have to train to get there. I'm not the driver of that sled. And so in my mind, because I'm a very visual person, I'm that brake man and I'm jumping into the back of that sled and I'm hunkering down just like they do and I'm not putting my hands out anymore. I'm not even gonna like peek around because if I do, this, this thing happens with the bobsled when they go around curves, they all have to kind of like lean together. If one person is doing this while everyone else is doing that, it's going to slow the team down or it's going to take the bobsled off course. And um, I don't want to be that. So my focus is directly on the back of the driver's head. And this, in this moment, it's on God. And so just like we need each other, I need you guys. I sit, in, I sit in leadership circles and I sit in small groups and I look around that room and I'm like, man, we're powerful. God has created an amazing group of people and we get to go down this slope together. Up the slope. We get to do this together. I get to encourage you and you get to encourage me. 
And that makes me excited to go on.